Hey friend, Becky here. I'm your host and you're listening to We Are Free. This is a podcast about letting go of what we think our lives should look like and the sweet freedom God has for us on the other side of surrender. If you're new here, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes with the incredible women I get to chat with every week. And if We Are Free has been an encouragement to you, it would mean so much to me if you headed over to iTunes to rate and review the show. Thank you so much for all of your support. All right, let's get going. I can't wait for you to listen to this latest episode. Hey friend, welcome to We Are Free episode 66. Today my guest is Jeanette Tapley. Jeanette is a podcast host, author, and speaker who loves all things friends, laughter, and a good cup of coffee. When she's not recording for her podcast or helping other podcast hosts with theirs, you can find her hanging out with her three teens and hubby watching Disney movies or camping or doing both at the same time. Hey Jeanette, welcome to We Are Free. Hey, Becky, how are you? I am good. You guys, we're so happy we found each other on the internet. We have a lot in common. Um, Adoption, adventuring with our family, camping, things like that. And we're both married to a Jesse, so... That's right. We're like I said, we're just like destined to be friends. And what a like, what a blessing that the internet brings people together like this. Yes, I love it. Does Starbucks spell your Jesse's name with an I-E? I'm always so confused. The, the guy Jesse is just... An E, not IE, but he always, yeah. they always get an IE on there. Yeah, he does very often. And it mm-hmm. is funny how, how that's just so common. Mm-hmm. And it, it is funny. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. What happens? Um, today we are going to be talking about friendship. And I'm really excited because I have my whole life, like my friends have been very important to me. I had a smaller family growing up and like I have always like leaned on those people around me and it's mostly been my friends. Um, So from a young age, friends have like played a very important role in my life Um, and as an adult, the same. Um, But I think we can all agree like friends are important. But Jeanette, why don't you, I mean, as somebody who speaks about this and like talks about this a lot and it's very important to you and you're having these conversations with people, um, why don't you just give us a little rundown on why you think it is important um, for adults to have, you know, close friendships? Yeah, I think it's important because as our lives get busier as wives and moms, um, we kind of have like this a wedding is almost like the last hurrah of friendship. And it's like the bachelor party or the bachelorette party and and the bridal shower and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden you get married and you have this new best friend, which is great. Except it's not like that season of friendship is just over and gone. We still need those people. We ask people to be in our weddings, not for the parties, but for the accountability, for the community aspect. And so instead of it being like this last hurrah, we need to continue inviting these people into our lives. And and instead of just looking at friendship as like a, you know, like a luxury or like, oh, if I had time, I would go have a girl's night. It needs to be a necessity in our day-to-day life because those are the people who are going to hold us accountable, hold our arms up when we're fighting these hard battles in life and go like have coffee and laugh with. Like we need friendship in every area of our life. And that's why I'm so deeply passionate about it. Yeah. Have you found um, just like through your own friendships or yourself, your own experience, like that women like that part of your life sort of like dies down or like trickles off. Like people who are like not intentionally, but things like sort of get cut off and like you find yourself all of a sudden one day 
like feeling like you haven't had like just a really good laugh about something with somebody outside of your husband or, I mean, have you seen that? Like women just sort of becoming isolated without necessarily meaning to? Yeah, I have. I mean, I've experienced it in my own life. I grew up, I have always had really sweet friendships, but when I got married, it was like that had that part kind of had to like go away because I needed to pour every second into this new person because I was a wife now. And, and it wasn't anything that Jesse was telling me I needed to do, but it was this idea that I had in my mind that like every second had to go to him. And then we got pregnant shortly after. So then it was not only is every second going to him, but now there's this baby too. And I had friends, but they weren't, I had one really, really great friend who was outside of my church, outside of my like immediate life, who spoke some really honest truth into me, but it wasn't until Ezekiel was probably nine to 10 months old. So that was already like two and a half years into our marriage where I was finally kind of told like, you need to, you need to get out more. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You need, and, and until somebody kind of like shakes you to say like, Hey, you can, you can be your own person too. Um, until someone does that, you just don't realize that you're kind of in this fog even. And so that's like, that's like, I'm the, I'm the friend on the internet that's going to shake you and says like, who's holding you accountable? Who, who are you laughing with right now? When was the last time that you intentionally met with a friend just to have some fun? Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. Like I love deep conversations, but like, I have like, I have a silly, like I'm fun. I like, I'm really fun. I promise. Um, (laughs) Have a good time. Yeah. But like, it's, you can't laugh that same way that you do with your girlfriends. Like it's just different. So like, I totally cherish those moments. And like, I a hundred percent agree that like, we need to set those things up for ourselves, um, you know, and be intentional about it. Um, What would you say, let's say you know, somebody maybe in that season that you were in something similar, like either freshly married or, or single, even for that matter. And just like, maybe has a personality that has a harder time opening up. Like, how do you meet friends and like actually make genuine, true friendships um, when you have a hard time with vulnerability? This is one of the hardest things for me to speak to because I'm not that person. Yeah, Because I am a person that is like, Hey, I like your shoes. Let's go hang out. Um, I am bad at actually executing though, like that, that execution I lack in. So I have made the mistake in my past when I was younger, um, telling a friend like who had just moved to a new city far away from me, like, just go, just do it. Not realizing it wasn't as easy as it was. And so, uh, or it wasn't as easy for her as it was for me. And so my biggest like tips, if you're struggling and you're, you have those walls so high up around you because vulnerability is hard, letting people in is hard. You've been hurt before. So it's scary. Um, I always say, start with the gym because that to me is such a place where we're already super vulnerable. Right. No, I mean, I'm not a person that goes to the gym done up. Like I just, I'm a person that shows up to the gym like a troll. And so I'm already a little bit vulnerable. And then I, and I would say like, start at the gym, take some classes and kind of like stick to a schedule, stay at the same classes. And then you just kind of like start to like say, Hey, or nice leggings or, Oh God, Oh my gosh, cute shoes. You know, like you just kind of like put yourself out there by complimenting others. I think friendship starts and grows when we are 
willing to serve that person before we're seeking friendship for ourselves first. It's like this double-edged sword. As we serve others and love others, it's going to be reciprocated. And if it's not, that's a whole nother conversation. And that's okay sometimes too. (laughs) Yes. More than okay. Yes. And there's seasons for that. So I, I always say start at the gym. And if you're not a gym person, find a, a mommy walking group or something like that. Like, but you have to, if if you feel lonely and you can name that feeling, you have to say, okay, I can choose to do something about it or I, or I don't have to. I, again, in that friend that's shaking you saying, you have to do something about this. Loneliness is not okay. It's, it is something that we can fight against. And I would say start, start in an area like that, a, a mommy walking group a group X fitness class because you are then surrounding yourself by people who are doing the same thing as you, right? Everybody at mommy walking group is walking. Mm -hmm. Everybody in the group X class is doing the exact same group X class. So there's this commonality already there and just start complimenting people (laughs) and make it, make it sincere, but just kind of just starting like that is, um, is a fun avenue, I think. Yeah, I agree. I think that's really good advice. Um, Years ago, when I was a business coach, we used to talk about like building relationships and how key it is in business. And similar advice, like if you're at a networking event, like say something genuine to somebody. I remember this girl, she had this amazing blue coat on. I love color. And it was like bright blue. And I was like, oh my God, I love your coat. And I did. It wasn't, wasn't like flattery, you know? And like, you just start talking. Like if you can like say something kind to somebody, like, of course they're going to, oh, that was really nice. You know, and you, you start chatting. Um, So I love that advice. I think that's, I think that's a great easy ish, you know, way to do it if you're shy or, you know, have a hard time with that sort of thing. Um, what about somebody who maybe has people in her life, but is just having a hard time, like taking it to a deeper level, talking about things that like maybe she's afraid to talk about or fearing judgment or I don't know, just diving in a little bit deeper than like just having like good time friends. Yeah, I think this is, I think this is almost harder than the loneliness factor, right? Because, because I've been there too. I remember there was a season in our marriage where stuff was just so, so hard. And I was a pastor's kid and we went to our, you know, my dad was still my pastor and we were serving in our church. And um, I wasn't really aware that I could struggle and then what I should do about it. And so I, we were struggling. I was struggling. I was in, I was a, just didn't know who I was, but I didn't have those people that I could say, Hey, I'm struggling. (laughs) Like, I don't know what to do here. And as a person in leadership in the church, it was just, it was really, really hard. And that's, I, like I, so I would just want to be like, I've been there. I know. Uh, I think the best thing to do and the thing I wish I would have done is to kind of like picked a, picked a book that like, Hey, this book is about, um, prayer for moms, or this book is about, um, I don't even know. I can't even think of a book right now. That would be a great one. But like you're struggling in loneliness or you're struggling with your marriage or you're struggling because you don't know who the heck you are anymore. But I would have been like, hey, would somebody read this book with me? Like, let's do a book club. Um, We'll grab a glass of wine and we'll read this book together. And then because because with a book, there's a commonality. And then 
when you gather people around, you can read it. And it just takes one of those me too's, right? It just takes one person to say, man, I've, I've really been struggling with my marriage right now because I don't know exactly who I am anymore. And then that, that, that triggers somebody to say, oh my gosh, me too. Oh my gosh. I've been, I did this one time and, um, I just had Laura Tremaine on my podcast and she's the author of the book, I'll Go First, uh, Share Your Stuff, I'll Go First. And it just takes somebody going first, right? And and I think that if you recognize, I I want to be a better friend, I need better friends in my life, then sister, I would challenge you, like grab a book, grab Share Your Stuff, I'll Go First. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a great one. And say, hey, let's do a wine, wine and book club night at my house uh, once a month. And let's go, let's read this book together. Let's start a texting thread or a Marco Polo thread that we can really talk about it. And as soon as you go first and you take that first step in saying, Hey, I've actually struggled with this before. People be like, Oh my gosh, me too. Me too. Me too. And that those walls crumble as soon as we know that we're not alone. Yeah. I love that advice so much because you have the book and you have the author who is already like, gone through all this stuff yeah. to ask the hard questions. You don't have you don't have to be the person to ask the hard questions or right. you know try to answer them on your own. I love the idea of reading something like that together because I feel like that's like almost like a template for how to yes. get deep with, you know, a girlfriend versus you know, having things be too surfacey. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, small talk and all of those things too, right. but I just mean for somebody who might struggle with like vulnerability and taking it a little bit further. Yeah. Yeah. And a Bible study is a great way to start too. But if you want to, I feel like if you want to go deep with people, it's almost best to remove the faith aspect of it until you're in the conversation because I am the queen of Bible or what do we say? Sunday school answers. Like, what does this mean to you? And I can fake my way through a conversation at Bible study without getting vulnerable because I know enough of the Bible and what I should be saying to get by without actually sharing and, and sharing my stuff. Right. So I almost say like, get a secular book in there and then bring Jesus into it. I love that so, so much. Um, I really like that advice. Let's chat for a second. Um, I feel like, I mean, this is something I've experienced. Jesse and I dealt with infertility for years. We adopted our daughter. We're kind of in the middle of round two of all these different feelings and processing of how we're going to grow our family. And over the years, I've had a lot of girlfriends come to me and say, hey, Becky, like, I know that you've dealt with this. Like, I have a friend who's struggling to get pregnant or they're in this season. Like, what? I don't know what to say to her. I don't know um, how to be there for her. Um, you know, what was helpful for you? And like, I love those friends of mine so much because they're so intentional. They want to show up for her. Yeah. Um, so I have two questions. It's kind of about, you know, both sides of the coin here. One, if you have somebody in your life, like who you can't relate to, like, let's talk about that first. Like, what are some ways that you can show up as a friend? Um, then we're going to, I would love to chat about the other side too. Yeah. So one of the hardest seasons in our friendships, um, we actually walked through our with our dearest friends, the loss of a child. Uh, and it was devastating. It's not something that we could relate to, right? I mean, we lost him as well, but he was not our child. Um, and really the only thing that we could do at that point was show up and sit and just say like, I know you're not okay. Like you don't have to be okay. And just say it's okay and say it's okay to not be okay. Uh, we showed up and we swept floors. We cleaned the bathrooms. We made dinner. We took the kids. Um, we were just kind of there. And I think that it's similar. And 
and we've walked through infertility with some of our friends. Um, and, and we walked through an adoption process of our own and the people who showed us that they cared the most were the people who just said like, we're here with you until the end. Like, like we're here with you through this hard part. We're here with you through the next hard part. Um, we're just here. And I think that it's just that it's, it's almost voicing that because yeah, we know you're there, right? Like, you know, people are there and people love you and are praying for you, but you will almost just want somebody to sit in that funk with you. Like, I just need someone to know that, I, that I'm hurting right now. And so on both sides of that coin, I would say, tell people that you're hurting, tell people. Um, I wrote a, a devotional about, um, telling some of my closest friends that I was just like struggling. Like, I don't know how much more I can ask of you guys. And that's when they said like, we are with you until the end. Like we are here. And just for me to be honest and say like, I don't, I like, I know that I'm going to like basically telling them, Hey, I'm going to go into a dark cave and sit until this adoption (laughs) is over because I can't ask any more of you guys. Mm -hmm. And they were like, Oh no, (laughs) ma'am. No, you're not. And so you, we have to be honest with our people. If they're going to say, Hey, how are you? And it's a person you trust. And it's a person you love. You better be honest with them. Like you better. And, and, if that person was, it says like, uh, buck up buttercup, you, you can do this. Like, you're like, okay, well I feel small now. Or if that person says, man, I'm so sorry. I'm here with you. And I think, I think just owning that language of like, I'm here with you. I'm here for you. I am fighting with you, whether you like it or not. (laughs) Like I'm holding your arms up because that's all that we need. Right? Like Nobody else can file that paperwork. Nobody else can do the in vitro or the hard labor stuff that is fighting. But to know, to look to your left and your right and to see that you have people, an army beside you caring for you, that's all that matters. Like we can do anything with people next to us. Yes, girl. I, yes, I love what you're saying. And I totally relate. I'm a like words of affirmation person. That's my love language. And I totally get that not everybody is, but- that said, it's one thing to like, yes, I know people are praying. Yes, I know people are there. But to have people verbalize, and I think that's powerful to say like, yeah. I am here. Like, I see you. For me, it was more like yes. that. Like, yep. People, for me, the silence felt like I was isolated versus like having somebody say, I see what you're going through. And like, just the acknowledgement of it is like, for yeah. me, was a very powerful thing. Um and I think people are afraid to say the wrong thing. I know they're afraid to say the wrong thing. People have told me that. Like, oh yeah, I don't. I'm afraid. I'm afraid I'm gonna say the wrong thing to you. And I'm like, you can't say the wrong thing if you are coming to me with a heart that is like caring for me and loving me. You're not gonna say the wrong thing. Like, you know. So I think just showing people on the side of you know girlfriends who want to help, like just giving. For me personally, I'll say it. Like I think they're. I would say there is a lot of freedom in just showing up like you're saying and, you know, tell them you care, tell them you see them, tell them you're there with them. You're not going to say the wrong thing if you have that mindset. Um, But I want to talk about the other side because I think that's the harder side um, of women who maybe are isolating themselves. Maybe they're feeling unseen. Maybe they're feeling, you know, unnoticed, unheard. They People, they're not... um, you know, they feel like nobody can relate to them. Um, how do we, you talked about a tiny bit, but I would love to get into it a little bit more. Like how do we honestly and vulnerably tell the people in our lives what is going on and um, 
even if we think they can't relate? Like, how do we stop isolating ourselves? Yeah, that is so hard because I just want to say like, just stop, just stop. But having been in that dark cave of, of adoption or or just the funks of marriage where where isolation is easier. But man, what a lie that is, right? Yeah. Like that's a, that's a lie straight, straight from hell. Like that's just not okay. And so this is where like the tough love comes in. Like, okay, but tell me how that isolation, how, how is that for you? How, how are you feeling? How are you doing? That isolation is dark and cold. Really crappy. Really crappy. Really crappy. And so like, <laughs> like here's your options. Like feel crappy, stay crappy, get bitter or turn directions and pray, 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 pray. Lord, give me one friend straight from you that I can text and ask for coffee, ask to go to coffee and just say, Hey, can I tell you, can I tell you how I'm feeling? So I remember when I was in that dark season of, of our marriage, I remember thinking to myself, if somebody, if, if somebody asked me, Hey, how are you doing? I'll tell them honestly, I'll tell them, but I couldn't. Right. Like, because, because that comes with honesty and that, and sometimes it feels like we're just going to vomit on people and like, who wants that? Sometimes it happens though. (laughs) Sometimes it happens. But also like, why would the people who love us not want that? Right? Like, like I almost, I just like, it's one of those moments where you're like, okay, I feel crappy. So Lord, give me the name of one person to, to like lay my name on their heart right now. And then when I text them, then be like, oh my gosh, I was just thinking about you. Yeah. Let's go grab coffee and, and just pour out like, I know I want to like, there's part of me, like I said, like, this is the tough love part where I want to be like, what do you have to lose? I get that there's a lot to lose. I get it. That there's a vulnerability part that stinks and it's hard, but what's your other option? Like we have to take action because loneliness and isolation is not the way Jesus is our model in everything. And Jesus was never isolated. Jesus was always with his people. Always. And even when he went to pray alone, he'd come back and was like, okay, so you're, you kind of let me down here. <laughs> that hurts. Mm-hmm. Like You fell asleep. I just wanted you to pray for me. And, but he was still, when he was isolated, he was pouring out to the father. So, so if Jesus is our model and you're isolated, you better be pouring out to the father and you better go, go to your people and ask them for some help. They might let you down and that's okay. Just keep going back to them. Mm -hmm. And what about for the girls who know they need help? Maybe something's going on in their life. They're having a heart. They will literally tell you like, I might, I need help, but then have a hard time like accepting what that help is. Um, What what do we do there? Uh, (laughs) Again, hi, I'm Jeanette and I've been there. (laughs) Um, This is, this is the lesson I've learned in the past year. If we don't accept help from friends, then we're robbing them a blessing. And what friend wants to rob a friend of a blessing? Like, come on. We um, we all had COVID in January. Like our whole family was down and our, people kept saying, what can I bring you? What can I bring you? I'm like, nothing, nothing, nothing. We're fine. We're fine. You know, grocery delivery services got us. And people were like, please stop. Like, let us go to the grocery store for you. Let us drop this off. Let us Let us serve you and show you that we love you. And so 
if you know you need help, you know you have somebody you can turn to, and and they're asking you, hey, can I help you? Can I pray for you? Can we meet for coffee? And you're just kind of stuck. You're robbing your people. And that sucks. And that's hurtful. And the problem is they might stop asking you. Yeah. And then you're even more isolated at that point. So just accept the help. Mm-hmm. Like, like I wish that there was a better way to say that, but it's like, you, you have to just like, you have to be willing to accept it. Yeah. I think one of the biggest things that I've heard either friends or like, you know, relationships I have with different women in my life, like I've heard them say is like, they feel like they're putting you out, you know, to do something for you. And I think we all have the tendency to feel that way because we have this mentality that like this individualism, like we're supposed to do it ourselves, be able to take care of ourselves and like, Trust me, I'm like a very, you know, I'm an advocate for like, hey, if you want something, do something. Like right, you know, my right. daughter the other day, she's singing this song she makes up and she, in the lyrics that she was like making up, she's like, if you want something, do something about it. And I was telling Jesse this morning, just dying, like she's heard me say this, you know? Yeah. But that said, um, we are not, you know, islands. We are not, that is not how God created us. And you know, so that's like the biggest thing I've heard. Like, they don't want to make you feel bad. They don't want to take yeah. time away from your day. And like, and I just think that what we need to do, like you're saying, if people are offering the help, like they are doing it because they care. Nobody is going to offer, you know, and not and not follow through, you know. So I think we just all need to let go of some of that, like, I'm supposed to take care of myself um, stuff that I think we all think sometimes. Yeah. And I think too, that there's this there's this mindset of like, well, I can serve my friends, but they don't need to serve me. And that's so twisted. Like friendship is a two-way street. We love our people and they love us well. Like we're serving them. And when it's our turn, we have to, we, we have to accept that. And yeah, there is this like, go do, take, conquer the world. But we've also seen, and it says in the Bible, like you can gain the world and lose your soul. Like, do you want to be on that mountaintop alone? Like, I, I don't, I want my mountaintop, (laughs) Becky, my mountaintop (laughs) is at Disney world. And there'll be a day that my mountaintop brings me and my best girlfriends to Disney world. So we can celebrate something massive because, because I don't want to celebrate alone. I don't want to even just celebrate alone with Jesse. However, I love celebrating him and he's the best person to celebrate with. I want to celebrate with our friends and their spouses. Like, there's something sweet about community like that. And, and if we're not celebrating and we're grieving, I want to be grieving with my people because there's something so much sweeter when we're together with our friends, when we can be in the depths praying together and we can be in the top celebrating together. Yeah. So good. Jeanette, let's switch gears for a second. How do we deal with relationships, friendships that have gone wrong, um, you know, where there is heavy hurt involved, um, whether that's something we caused or something that's, you know, being, you know, something we're experiencing from the other side? Like, what do we do with that? How do we attempt to mend it? How do we know when it's time to walk away and know that that's okay too? What do you have to say on that? Ugh, friendship break. Nobody talks about friendship breakups, right? Mm-hmm. It's such a it's such a hard thing to talk about, and I think that there's it's hard to talk about because there's always two sides to every story. Um, and I've walked through my my own friendship breakup in the last year, and it's been really really hard because 
especially if it's somebody that was like a really great confidant or cheerleader in your life and all of a sudden they're just gone. And in my experience, I walked through this and I would just be like, Lord, I forgive them. I forgive them. I forgive them. I forgive them. And then at some point it, it, it was like, Lord bless them. Lord bless them. I was kind of getting like salty with God about it. Like this fell apart and it sucks and it hurts, but now what? Like, what do I do now? And so there was this season where I read through the the Psalm, no Proverbs, I read through Proverbs and I was praying like, Lord, don't let me see myself as this, like the, as the proud, as the, um, as the winner of Psalms or Proverbs, like help me to see me as the fool. Like, cause I think so often we read the Bible and we're like, oh, I'm Esther, right? Like <laughs> I'm always on the good side. <laughs> yes. But sometimes we're freaking Haman <laughs> like, and that sucks. And so I, I know that at one point while I was walking through this grief and this loss, I had to ask myself, like I had to forgive myself and like walk through this whole forgiveness process that I had done with her, but I had to turn it on myself and say like, okay, you messed up. Like you were hurtful, you were wrong. Your actions were not great. So you have to forgive yourself for your part in this. And it, there are times where friendships reconcile and it's a beautiful. And then there's times where they're not, where it doesn't end in a pretty bow and things come back together. And I think we have to be okay with that. We have to be okay with the seasons changing, even if they change abruptly. Yeah. We have to be okay and trust God that there's something not even that there's something greater on the other end, but that there was a lesson to be learned. And, th- and my lesson in, in this was, was to speak my truth softly and to be kind to myself and to forgive myself. There's a lot of stuff wrapped up in there where it was all, it was a lot of me. And that was hard. Um, because again, I want to be Esther. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be Haman. I'd rather even be Mordecai, <laughs> but we find ourselves, um, sometimes, sometimes hurting others. And so I think we have to like, kind of, I don't even want to say you have to assess the friendship because it's not like, oh, this friendship matters to me so I can make it work. But there is this moment of like, okay, Lord, like, are you going to fix this? Can we fix this? Um, and if you tell me to walk away, I'll walk away. But like, you better hold my hand because that's really hard um, and full of grief. And I think that we talk a lot about romantic breakups and the and the longing for a romantic partner and all of this stuff. But I'm like, man, our friendships really shape us. And I feel like we should be talking more about the breakups of friendships and what to do when 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 we have a fight because conflict happens right? We are, we are humans and conflict is going to happen. So what happens when conflict happens? Do we give up? That's not what we do in our marriages. How do, how do we have conflict healthily within our friendships? And then what? Yeah. And then how do we move forward? And then how do we walk away? And I think if we can't walk away full of peace but we're but we're nowhere called to walk away. Then we have to figure out the best way to do that. And I and I honestly think that the best way to do that is just linked arms with the Lord, trusting and leaning on Him, and knowing that He is in control, whether we like it or not. Yeah. Do you have any uh, thoughts, or how would you say that you would handle conflict healthily with a with a really close friend, you know, I mean, I think we can take marriage as a model for sure and take Jesus as a model, but like, it's a little different when it's your spouse. I think there's a little more, 
Um, I would say for me personally, like Jesse definitely sees like the worst of me more than anybody, right. you know, because right. you feel the freedom to like sometimes go off the handle a little bit yeah, or, yeah. you know, whatever it is. Like, I think that they see that probably more than a girlfriend because you're living with them and all of that. Yeah. But but how do we take some of that and apply it to our friendships to deal with conflict in a healthy way? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you where I failed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an Enneagram nine. So I know you said you're a one. So um, I am a peacemaker and I just try to like make everybody happy and calm and make everything easy for everybody else. Well, that tends in a lot of me bottling feelings up or not, not being like, Hey, that actually kind of hurt me or um, anything like that. So one thing I've learned is to speak, to speak up kind of, kind of quicker, like, Hey, that hurt my feelings. Because even if you say it like that, even if it's like a quick, hey, I just need you to know that that this action actually hurt me or these words actually kind of hurt me. Um, and for goodness sake, take the word kind of out of that because it didn't kind of hurt you. It did hurt you. And I'm one, again, like that's me being a people it's pleaser. sort of oh, kind oh. of, it might've hurt me. Yeah, I kind of cried myself to sleep last night. Like, <laughs> okay, okay. So, so I think- um, my best friend, Juliana, which is how I refer to her on my podcast, yeah. always my best friend, Juliana, uh, she has taught me that um, clarity is kindness. Mm. And if I have an issue, I better be clear, clear about it because that is the kindest thing for me to do. And if I hold back, well, then I'm, then I'm holding back. And then what happens is I'm holding back and it's creating bitterness and that bitterness is going to take root. And then all of a sudden this Enneagram nine, who's trying to keep the peace is going to become a volcano and nobody wants that on them. So the best tips I have is to be clear, to be clear on whether it's your boundaries of like, Hey, I can only text during the day because that's when my kids aren't at school or that's when they're at school. But when everything comes home and everyone's kind of chaotic, like I'm going to be, I'm going to be MIA. And it, if you make that boundary clear, then your friend's not going to get their feelings hurt. Right. And you've also set up an expectation. And if you have a hurt, speak it up. Because if your person loves you and they care for you, then they're going to be like, oh my gosh, can I please explain? And so first like be clear and then ask if you can explain. Like, have full on communication because this is a relationship, right? Like we, we have these kind of conversations with our spouses because we can be a little bit more frank, I think, but why can't we then have them with our friends? You know what I mean? So I, so, I just no, think that I, there needs to be yes. more and more explanation that comes because like, like Juliana taught me clarity is kindness. And I have to be clear about, my feelings or bitterness will then seep in. Yeah, I think that is so good and something I can practice. Like I totally right. Like we have that tendency, like I will go to Jesse and I will say, hey, like this hurt my feelings, you know, yeah. but I rarely do that with a girlfriend. I'm trying to even think when I maybe did that last, not that like we're always hurting each other, but right. you know, let's deal with this stuff so we can move forward and not harbor that. And um, I love that. Just like, yes, be straightforward. Say it to them, not to your spouse or, you know, yeah. like. Mm. Well, and I think even, even asking better questions, like, hey, I just want to make sure, like, are you okay? Or did, I think asking more questions and being self-aware, like, hey, didn't, did I hurt your feelings that way? I didn't mean that. Like, I want to, I want to make sure that you're okay. Or just being one, self-aware is really, really helpful. And two, just explaining more and, and having, if we have open conversations from the get-go like this, then we're not going to have 
these like we're not going to have fights yeah. <laughs> like, like we're not going to have arguments with our friends there there will be stuff that comes up but if we're clear about it all then I think that um it alleviates a lot of those hurt feelings yeah such good advice thank you Jeanette um one last thing I know that friendships uh there's nothing wrong with this that they are good for us they are good for our girlfriends they are good for us they're such ben- they're beneficial it is a gift that God has given us but how do we take those things to a deeper level as far as like accountability goes, you know, with with hard stuff and being honest about, you know, things that may be going on in our lives? Or how do we take those friendships to a place where we can like further the kingdom together versus it just being a wonderful gift, which it is. But like, how can we, I guess, maximize and make the most of what these relationships are for, you know, the sake of Jesus? Oh, for sure. And I think, I think that as Christian women, it, it should almost flow naturally, right? Like we should almost be able to have kind of these uh, like more shallow conversations. Like, do these pants make my butt look big? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) To like, hey, I really need prayer because I'm struggling in this area. Um, And I think that it's just, it's modeling it from the get-go. We're saying like, you know, like you and I, if we are sitting down for coffee, we're going to talk about everything from campers to adoption to like, hey, are, how how are you guys doing with your adoption process right now? Or like, not even the process of it, but like, like, tell me, do you experience this part of adoption now that she's even home and in your family? Like, like, does your child do this? Like, it's just kind of like creating the conversations that flow that way. Because I, for example, Juliana and I were Marco polling this morning and we were talking about shopping and Ikea. And I said, Hey, by the way, would you be praying for me? Um, when Zoe comes home today, I have to have a hard conversation with her. And it just, it just flows naturally. If the friendship is kind of set up that way. Yeah. So when you're and and not even set up that way, cause I don't think that people are just going to go out there and make new friends, but you're going to look at your friendships right now and you're going to say, okay, I know that this one friendship, I could go deeper on a spiritual level. So how can I do that? Well, as easy as saying like, Hey, I'm setting up um, my prayer list for the month. What can I be praying for you about? And then saying, will you pray for me for this? Make that two way. Don't just say, what can I pray for you about? And then leave it, but make it, make it a friendship thing, like pour back out and say, Hey, this is where I need friendship. And that is going to bridge those spiritual gaps where it's not just about shoes and makeup or uh, recipes and stuff like that it's it it takes it a little bit deeper and in that follow up go back hey how are you doing about this uh you asked me to pray for this last month how's it doing what can i pray for you this month um it's just there's just like this an intentional piece that i think so often we miss and we have to be careful with that intentional piece because it can lead to gossip but if we're intentional and in saying, I need prayer for this, will you pray for me for this? Or what can I pray for you? Then we're really honing in on a, the single person and that person in our friendship. Yeah. I think a lot of what you're saying is coming back to that vulnerability too, like to yeah. honesty and open. And like, if we are vulnerable, like we're going to have these friendships that are meaningful and bring glory to God and, yeah. you know, further his kingdom because we're going to be, you know, that, that accountability is there and it's going to be encouraging each other to, to live those lives. I think mm-hmm. that's so good. Jeanette, what do you feel that you can talk about friendship or just in your life? Like, what do you feel that God has set you free from? I think in the last year and a half, 
it has been um, set free of others' expectations for me. Um, I don't know if it's like being, you know, like getting older and getting into like this mid 30 range and stuff like that and just kind of like shaking off others' expectations. Um, but, but kind of asking myself like the, well, what do, like, what matters to me? And not just like in a selfish way, but like, you know, if I have to have a hard conversation with my mom, like, okay, well, what matters to me in this situation? Okay, well, this matters to me. It might hurt her feelings, but then what? Like, just kind of like playing that out. And that to me has just been like really freeing because I can be a worst case scenario where like, oh my gosh, then everything will fall apart and nothing will be great and everything will be terrible. So I should just like stay to myself and stay quiet and stay small instead of being like, well, then somebody will know how I feel and will see me in that and understand, hopefully maybe understand my heart a little bit more. So it's really been just like set free of others' expectations and owning who God made me to be. Yeah, I love that so much. Thank you for sharing that. Um, tell us if you will. Well, first of all, anything you're working on right now, you're excited about new stuff, but then I also want to hear about your podcast a little more. If you can tell everybody about it. Yes. Um, well, I'm working on revamping my blog, um, because writing is so fun and I think it became a little bit draining for a while, but it's so fun to kind of like just pour these words out a little bit more. And then I'm, um, really, really praying and working through a new book, a new book idea, just kind of, uh, seeing what the Lord has for me there. And then my podcast, I love, love, love podcasting. I love just like this ability to sit down, like, like we're doing across mm-hmm. from each other, but like knowing that there's people listening and that they're going to, um, feel encouraged and heard. And so it's time for coffee is my podcast where we sit down weekly with friends, new and old, um, just to help our friends on the other side, feel heard, seen, and and never alone that they can be doing the most mundane tasks and feel like they're having a cup of coffee with a friend. I love it. I love podcasting too. And I love these, like, I will say one of the greatest gifts, unexpected gifts for me from podcasting. It's not the reason I did it, but like I get to have these real intentional conversations with women. I'm sure you feel the same way that like, it's just amazing. Like you get to walk away and it's always an encouragement to me. So um, thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. And I'm just, I'm so thankful for your willingness to talk more about friendship and, and, if anything, like this is where I'm like, if anything rubbed you the wrong way, please know that all of this is said in love and that yes. it is just to encourage you to serve and love your people well. Yeah. Thank you, Jeanette. Where can we find you online? Oh my gosh. I'm on Instagram way too much. <laughs> so please join me. <laughs> um, but I'm over at Jeanette Tapley. I'm on Facebook at the Jeanette Tapley and my website is JeanetteTapley.com. So really just like if you just Google search Jeanette Tapple, you should find most everything I do. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you. Again, don't forget to check out the show notes where we have all of the info and links and resources we talked about in the show. You can go to beckymorquecho.com, B-E-C-K-Y-M-O-R-Q-U-E-C-H-O.com. Thanks for listening in.